I feel like, you know, the lifestyle and polyamory and all and, you know, swinging and whatnot, it, that's what it's all about. It's not just about where you end up. It's about all the people you spend time with and the connections you build. And Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 102. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Brian. We haven't clarified it in a while, but I'm Finn. That's true. We haven't, but I think it's pretty straightforward. And it's Finn with one N. It is. Not people that mess I, that up. Not that I get mad that people mess up my fake name. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, who's Brian? Brian reached out to us a few months ago, and we got his interview going. It's awesome. He, Him and his wife started exploring non-monogamy a few years ago, and it really didn't go that well for him. They definitely, I mean, as he'll talk about, they had some really great times, but they also had a lot of struggles. And, you know, we, we try to bring people on to kind of show both sides of this story. Um, one One quick thing to note about this is he is kind of speaking for both of them, and he addresses this. Uh, he has consent to be here from her, and he definitely tries to be very diplomatic about this. and yeah, tries from his opinion. It is his opinion, and he, he makes that very clear anytime that there's something where it could be misperceived as sort of bias. So we appreciate his attention to this and and their, both of their willingness to come on and share the story. It's not necessarily an easy one, but... Um, again, thank you to both of them for doing that. A couple quick announcements. We'll be fast today. First off, we have a really fun holiday survey partnered with One Condoms. How fun is it? Super fun. It's the most fun thing you've ever done. Yeah. You should fill it out. I sh- we should. We haven't done that yet. But well, if you fill it out. Here we are telling them to fill it out. We haven't <laughs> filled it out yet. We should do it. Uh, if you go, if you fill it out, you get a 10% off coupon for one condoms and my one condom. So go to our show notes, click on the link and go fill that out for us. It'll help us out. Yes, it will. Well, actually it doesn't really help us out. No. It, well, I guess it's just because we want people to do it. We want you to have fun this holiday season. <laughs> and we will post some of the answers. That'll be fun. Yeah. Anonymously, of course. Next up, our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. There you can find all of the links to the show notes that I just said. And there are also photos and contact information for most of our guests if they choose to include that. You'll also find an events page. We don't have any meet and greets scheduled, but that will be, we're going to get working on that in 2020. So we will have some upcoming. If you want to sign up for our email list to be the first to find out about those, you can do that on the events page. And lastly, while you're there, check out the resources page if you want for all of the things that we use and love ourselves, unlike the holiday survey, which we are going to start using <laughs> momentarily. <laughs> Everything on there is something that we personally use and and personally endorse. So if you're interested in any of those, please use the links that does help support the show. And we really appreciate that. And we appreciate all of your support, even if you don't. Oh, one thing I was going to tell people. One of the best ways to support the show is to just tell other people about the show. Yeah, spread the word. Yeah, so you can, I mean, yeah, leaving iTunes review is great and that type of stuff. But really the best way is tell, basically 
everybody in your life about normalizing <laughs> non-monogamy, especially like if you're going on 25 Tinder dates a week, I mean, Spread put the, that word. put it in your Tinder profile if yeah. you want. I'm okay with that. You have our permission. <laughs> anyway, thank you everybody for your support. And we will now go talk to Brian. Let's go. Welcome, Brian, to the podcast. Thank you for taking some time out of your evening to chat with us. Uh, we're excited to have you on. And uh, maybe for anybody who doesn't know you, much like we don't, <laughs> do you mind giving us a little background on on who you are and uh, why you're here? For sure. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, I live, uh, I'm in my late 30s. I live just north of Toronto uh, in Canada. Um, weather's wonderful still. And uh, I work in kind of the construction industry doing project management work and whatnot. I'm currently married. Uh, my partner's not here. This isn't really her thing kind of talking about stuff in this kind of uh, platform. She's in education and isn't very keen on her voice being heard and whatnot, just in case uh, it was recognized just because she could see potential outcomes uh, for her work and whatnot. Um, that said, I, you know, this is very much, I, I can I have her consent to be here, but I'm sure things will come off. If she was to tell the story, it would come from a different perspective. It would be, you know, it would be different. I'm going to do my best to kind of tell it as impartially as I can, but obviously everything's from my perspective and yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I don't know. I'm just here because I guess we, we've been in and out for the past five years or so. We've been kind of, well, mostly in the lifestyle with respect to swinging and non-monogamy and polyamory and whatnot. And uh, I don't know, I love your guys' show. It's wonderful, but it's funny. I feel like there's there's kind of two groups that are really well represented, like a lot of swingers represented that seem to have very similar stories, how they got into things and how they've been going. And then a little bit of kind of poly and whatnot. And I feel like our story is a little bit different, just the way it developed and then also kind of where it's heading to for us. So I don't know. I just thought it'd be interesting to, to just give a different spin. Yeah. yeah, that's well, awesome. Well, our show can only consist of the people who reach out to us or that <laughs> are willing to come on the show. Right. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And we're, we're excited to hear uh, more about it. So with, with, with all that in mind, do you mind taking us back to how the two of you got into this five years well, ago? And maybe how long have you been together bef- at, at that point? Yeah, I mean, kind of, and the way we started out was kind of interesting too, because we uh, we've been together for about fourteen years. When we met, I guess I was a little bit more kind of sexually adventurous, or I was always known by my friends of being a little bit more, I don't know, open minded. I guess, or I mean, I used to have a butt plug on my desk as a paperweight. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I people kind of knew me as being a little bit more out there. Um, I met her, and she was much more kind of conservative. I mean, we met when we were in our mid twenties and she was still a virgin. Um, and, but we kind of, we started, we dated long distance. Uh, we moved in together pretty quickly within a year or two. And I mean, we kind of, we certainly had different backgrounds with respect to kind of relationships and sexuality, but you know, we kind of grew together and things worked out pretty well after, I guess, after we'd been living together for maybe three, four years, I learned about the fact that I guess in university, she'd experimented a little bit uh, dating women. And that was something that was, I guess, you know, of interest to her still. So, of course, we did like anybody did, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. And we went on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we, we ended up, I mean, she found a girl that she wanted, that she connected well with. 
we ended up uh, having her over for dinner one night. They had a nice kind of play date afterwards. I was a little bit involved towards the end. And uh, it was kind of like just our first opportunity to kind of get out there and do other than just, you know, the two of us. So that was kind of interesting and kind of got us started talking about things a little bit more. A few years later, I can't remember. We were, I guess we were probably married at that point. Then we got married and then, you know, went to a wedding and brought someone home with us from the wedding, you know, a, a bridesmaid who was a little intoxicated. Not that we were taking advantage. I think it wasn't that intoxicated, but enough that I guess it just kind of lubricated people's feelings uh, and people's emotions and just inhibitions were gone kind of thing. So kind of that turned into a very fun night for the three of us. Again, kind of got the conversation going, but nothing really nothing really amounted to, to getting into the lifestyle from there. So it kind of that led into us having our first child and kind of intimacy and romance and sexuality kind of just stopped for us and tension started to build. Uh, about a year after that, I got caught on Tinder <laughs> messaging with, with, uh, with some women. And uh, so it kind of, things just kind of blew up, right? Um, we definitely didn't have the communication that we needed to have that year. Um, and there's a lot of tension, a lot of dirty diapers and all those things. So we went kind of to a marriage relationship counselor just to see, you know, where do we go from here? What does this all mean? You know, like, oh, I got caught, you know, texting and emotionally cheating. Does that mean we're over? Like, where do we go, right? And real quick, so was the the resorting to tinder or you know looking for some type of intimacy outside of that was that i guess was that sort of born out of just the 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 struggles of that having you know going through having a new baby right and the the intimacy that was maybe lost during that time and i'm i guess i can see people out there like well don't give them an out for for cheating or whatever and i i'm I'm not necessarily doing that i'm just like trying to understand like where that came from, because, you know, up to that point, right, you were, you had experimented with threesomes. And so people would look and say, well, they must have a great sex life if they're, if they're experimenting with other women, and now they're having babies. And oftentimes people look in from the outside and everything looks perfect, right? But it's, it's often not the case. For sure. I mean, we've, uh, we've always kind of differentiated in, uh, I mean, I would say like I, for me, I think if you look at the five love languages, a lot of people have read that book. I'm very much the emotional, physical touch person. She's more, you know, words of affirmation and, and, uh, you know, uh, acts of service and whatnot. So we've always differentiated in kind of how we show our love and our emotions. Um, so that's always been a bit of a tension between us, but then it's like, you know, the, the obligations and the excuse of having a baby just made it super, super hard. And uh, we both just focused on nothing other than the baby. And we, you know, our relationship really started to fall to the wayside. I mean, I got to admit, as soon as I started messaging with this other woman, uh, it was kind of interesting that uh, the headspace I went in, all of a sudden, I was in this headspace where I'm messaging someone else. It's so exciting. It's, it's hot. It's a big turn on. I, I mean, I, I never met her. But just messaging with her, all of a sudden I start thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to fall in love with this person. That means I have, to fall in, I have to fall out of love with my wife. That means this whole thing's over. This is all going to blow up. Oh my gosh. So I, that was the headspace that I was in kind of before I got caught because it's, it's a this or that, right? There's no, 
There's no both. There's no, you know, there's no other solution. So it's kind of in that headspace. It was interesting. We went to a relationship counselor, marriage counselor, and I was, I was expected, you know, like to, to get the riot act read to me and be told like, how could you wreck this, ruin this? What are you doing? Um, ironically, she was, a. I wouldn't say she was on my side. She was kind of more straight up the middle, just being like, well, like, like it wasn't, I should have communicated instead of looking elsewhere, but also, you know, she said to my wife, she's like, well, what did you expect him to do? Like you expected him to just sit around and wait and be unhappy. Or you like, is it, if you're not willing to provide, is it not reasonable for him to look elsewhere? Um, and I, it certainly isn't reasonable to look elsewhere unless you're, if you're not communicating that, <laughs> but if you are talking about it and looking elsewhere is the, I mean, I think everybody's heard Dan Savage and sometimes, you know, an affair is the only thing that'll keep a, a marriage going. I, I don't, I, I agree and don't agree all at the same time, but uh, that's kind of what she was looking at. She's like, well, it, it obviously wasn't going to keep working the way it presently was. So something needed to change. So, I mean, ironically, she, the front this, I think it wasn't our first meeting, maybe our second meeting with her. She suggested, she said, well, have you guys ever thought of swinging? Um, so then we, we talked a little bit about these kind of past experiences we had. And, uh, and also even in that first, in, around the same time, we, I, I found that like either of us, when we were drunk we, with other people or a party or whatever, we had a tendency to, you know, again, you lower your inhibitions and we were both being a little bit more flirty and risky and whatnot. So it seemed like we were both kind of heading that same direction of like needing some kind of out that wasn't just diapers or each other parenting you know so well it does feel like a again we don't have children so i don't know but i can imagine it's a very common feeling for new parents to feel like oh 100 percent. i i uh it, it's 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 tough because it's like i always after having you know the first kid or two whatever i uh i just i hear someone else is like you know has a baby do and i'm just i just like I like warn the guys and half jokingly, but I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. I'm like, it's going to be wonderful and beautiful and this and that. But I'm like, you need to work your butt off to keep your relationship with your wife going and to keep your sanity because she will turn into, you know, the milk machine mm-hmm. and, and she'll be tired and stressed and whatever. I'm like, honestly, like you've got to work your butt off to try to keep your relationship alive because otherwise you have a, a lovely family, but a horrible marriage, which is of no good to anyone. So, yeah. That's fair. Well, and how, I guess, so moving, moving out of the counseling, how did you, how did you proceed to, to recover from the, from the Tinder affair? Yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, I guess for the short term, I, I, I stopped using Tinder. I stopped messaging with that woman. And, uh, so we said, okay, this is something we need to work on doing together. And in all honesty, in the previous year, we'd probably year, year and a half, we'd probably been on like two date nights with the two of us leaving, you know, getting a babysitter or whatnot. We don't have a lot of family nearby. So it's, and I don't, my wife tends to be more hesitant to call in babysitters. So we just, there just weren't a lot of date nights. We didn't have a lot of time just to ourselves. So anyways, we, we started looking, uh, looked online around here. A really popular site is Cafe Desire CD. A lot of people go call it. Um, so that's probably the first spot we went and it certainly is very, it's all about swingers. Um, mostly straight swingers, no, no poly, no, no, there's some single males, some unicorns, but it, it's mostly just swinger couples. So we went on there which was kind of exciting and fun and posting profiles and then editing profiles because one of us didn't agree with what the other one posted and vice versa going back and forth. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, well, and I got to admit, I fell into it being like being the typical guy being like, well, what picture of my junk am I going to put on here today? Right. So whereas I, I started learning very quickly, it's like, no, that's not really what women want to see, you know, before they meet you. Um, kind of an interesting and a whole interesting thing to look into. So anyway, we uh, we just messaged with a lot of couples and ended up finding a couple that lived maybe half an hour away that were also newbies. And we were like, oh, this is perfect. We can all figure it out together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was... I, was, uh, I have a feeling this didn't go as planned. <laughs> it was good and bad all at the same time, right? It, uh, I mean, I got to admit, they, they came over. They were really friendly. We had some drinks. I, I mean... Our baby was up, you know, thank goodness she sleeps well. It was upstairs sleeping, no big deal. And we'd been messaging for for a couple of weeks or at least a week or so back and forth, like, you know, four-way group chat kind of thing. I thought, okay, this is going to be good. They came over. We talked a bunch, had a few drinks. And I guess a little bit of that whole pressure of like, well, we got to make something happen. Yeah. So I think we all kind of just forced it a little bit to make something happen and just kind of you know, swap partners and started making out and whatnot. And uh, things went reasonably well. There was like, I think my partner and I, we've always been, my wife and I, we've always been very kind of low inhibitions when it comes to or like very few rules. Like we kind of let each other do whatever. Um, if there are problems, we'll discuss it afterwards. But in the moment, we kind of just run with it. Whereas this other couple, I feel like they hadn't, I feel like they didn't even talk about it on, on the car ride over. So we ran into some problems where, I don't know where, you know, she went out uh, for a smoke and then he, we, we all said, is it okay if we keep going? And in hindsight, we should have all just stopped, but we all kept going, the, the three of us. And then she came back in, there was thrown condoms and anger. And anyway, there was, yeah, there's a little bit of attitude going on. And I think they had a lot of disagreements, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it ended sort of well for everybody. I, I guess. I don't know. I think <laughs> I've had low expectations of that first one, I guess. So I feel like you've like it could have gone better, but it also could have gone worse. Is the kind of the feeling you have? <laughs> it could have gone so much worse. It really could have gone so much worse. Um, so it, I mean, it uh, and it was one of those ones. I feel like that it's really interesting. All the different situations we've been in, where in the moment you think things went a certain way, and then afterwards, when everybody goes back to their separate camps and discusses things, all of a sudden, like you hear very different stories, like. My favorite is when, you know, you'll be in a, this situation. I actually thought in, in the moment, kind of between us as, as you know, split couples, it actually went really well. And then afterwards you hear like, oh, no, it wasn't really a four-way match. And then you're playing the game like, wait, so she didn't like me or she didn't like you or he didn't like you or you I'm like, wait, which is it? I don't understand. I'm lost. So that was the thing. We actually had that experience and I it went relatively well, a little bit of issues, but then found out that apparently she, you know, the other woman wasn't really into me, apparently. So, um, but was she was very into my wife and he was very into my wife. So kind of then it was proposed, well, what if my wife goes over for a threesome? Kind of my whole way through this whole, my whole relationship has always been, I've realized if I lower my boundaries and kind of let her do her thing, eventually it will come back around to benefit me. <laughs> so my way is always to just say, yep, go ahead, do it, try it, see what happens, be safe, whatnot, but, uh, you know, just run with it. And so anyway, that was kind of the next week she went over to their place for a threesome. And, uh, again, it ended the same way this one ended with like miscommunication on the other couple's part. So that was the last time any of us saw, saw that couple right. kind of initiated us into this, this whole thing for sure.
from sort of like a broken trust, right? Going going on the going on Tinder and having that sort of an infidelity, right? You're you're being deceitful, we'll say that, right? And then being able to recover from that and decide that yeah, we want to try swinging. It it kind of goes against the traditional uh, advice that people give, which is you don't you don't really want to use the lifestyle or swinging to to save a marriage, right, or to to fix problems. But it sounds like you two sort of took that approach and and were like, well, we need to we need to do something. Well, and almost like use it to try to find the spark a spark of and have fun together in a different way. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's funny that first year. Um, so we kind of, we, we we pretty much were swinging for, for two years, let's say. And over that first year, I think we, we had a babysitter like every other week or every, well, we had, or we did something together socially with another couple or someone else, you know, every other week, every third week, we had ne- never had more babysitters like, you know, and you know, ever like, it's just, it was just at least, it kept us busy. We were both, we were also both, you know, entertained. Like we were on our phones, texting group messages, all these different things. It was, there was so much going on. Like life kind of felt like it was certainly exciting. It felt like a bit of a whirlwind and it did, it gave us something to talk about other than poopy diapers. Like really brought us together, brought it, it brought, I mean, and you know, not to say it brought our attention away from our child in a bad way, because I mean, you know, they, they only need so much. They do sleep every once in a while. So they only need so much care. So it gave us something to focus on, gave us something to work together on. And I got to admit, like, I was always the one who would want a higher level of intimacy, more frequency and whatnot between the two of us. And that was happening a little bit as, you know, part of the lead up to things, aftermath of things. Like, it, it, it did increase, like, our kind of communal sexuality, you know, even when it was just the two of so for me, I saw it as having lots of benefits. And again, I, you know, I kind of, to some degree, got us into this whole thing by looking elsewhere. I did, I've always felt like I need to kind of shut up and take a backseat and let her run with certain things just so that she's comfortable with it. And then we kind of take that, that next step. But I mean, we went from, you know, we, we went full swap on our first night. Um, we kind of talked about it and to us, it just didn't seem like, there was any need to avoid it like we were i don't know like uh we just kind of both wrapped our heads around it pretty quickly and easily so we just kind of went for that and didn't have any big problems with it but uh yeah i mean it kind of answers a, a little bit of a question that i was going to ask which was did did it initially bring you two closer together in that first year and it sounds like you were making more time for dates and spending time together even if there were other people there at times it it, it was still time for you two to reconnect over something other than a, a, your baby. Oh, for sure. And it's, I mean, I laugh. I, uh, there's that first year, both of us on our phones, you know, there's gotta be like, there's photo album after photo album after photo album. You know, not much of me, of course, cause you know, guys, we're just not always that flattering nude or semi-nude but like pictures of her you know on in this lingerie and that lingerie and this pose like just all sorts of like because that again that was part of the lead up to each each time that was fun building up your you know pictures that you can send or post here whatever so it was like again it was just another whole level of, of things that we were doing together that would have otherwise just been stuff we were you know just 
we were just ignoring each other, just just not concentrating. So it uh, the first year, it was a bit of a roller coaster. I mean, our, our first couple, like I said, was was total newbie like us, and then our second couple were like kind of ten year veterans who lived almost like too close for comfort, like literally like minutes down the road, <laughs> which is good and bad. I mean, we actually they had kids, we had a kid. So, I mean, it was convenient. We did some swinging. We did some house swapping where the guys just drove to each other's houses just because we still viewed it kind of as swinging, but it was just like logistics. Like, oh, no one has a babysitter. No problem. Let's just drive. And no word of a lie. Like, it was even kind of funny and comical, like where, you know, we'd like high five in the driveway, the, the two guys. <laughs> anyway, it was kind of entertaining. But, uh, and, it, and even same thing, like, my wife and and the other woman were kind of in similar lines of work. Myself and the guy were in similar lines of work. There was just so many similarities. We, I mean, we saw them quite a few times and they kind of also introduced us to the club scene a little bit. Um, not that that ended up being something we kind of really stuck with, but uh, we kind of went from newbies to veterans and kind of saw the whole kind of gambit in between. Right. So. Mm -hmm. And so how, how, how did it progress from there? Like where, where did it go? So we, we did swing, we were swinging for about two years, you know, kind of never having really more than one couple at a time, but it just, it was always, it was so hard. Like I, I, I'd be mostly the one on the apps or on the, on the one website looking at couples. And it's funny at first I was, Oh, look at her. She's gorgeous. Oh, look at her. She, and now eventually I realized none of that matters. I'm like, Oh, look at him. Mm, oh, five, eight. That's nah, a little short. She won't like him. Oh, look at him. Uh, I don't know. She doesn't like shaved heads. Okay. So I, I no longer start worried, worried at first what the women looked like because I was always more concerned with you know, what was my wife going to be interested in because she kind of, uh, not that I, I, I'd say that I had lower standards, but I just look at this scenario for what it is and we might only see them a few times. Like it doesn't, I don't need a supermodel in bed with me. I, I can, if the person, pictures aside, the person has a good personality, there's a good connection, good chemistry, that's going to matter more than anything else anyways. But she was, not that she's vain, but it's just, she's like, I just, I can't deal with someone who's shorter than me because she's relatively tall. She's like, I can't deal with someone who just, whatever, who's so who's a lot older or a lot younger. So I kind of, we generally looked based on her criteria, which was something that I had to wrap my head around. But it's, I mean, we just, we figured it out. We met couples, but again, you know, whether it was, wasn't a four-way match on the first contact or, you know, after meeting them a couple of times, there would always be like something go wrong between two people and the other couple would be like, or the other two people would be like, oh crap. Um, so we'd feel like we worked so hard on something, but it would just kind of fall apart in our laps. So we were kind of getting frustrated because of that. I mean, I was looking a little bit on my own at, at kind of in the last little bit there. Um, for, for a separate relationship, again, on some of the dating apps and whatnot, um, and had a couple, you know, dates here or there, nothing that really turned into much of a secondary relationship, but, uh, and then at we, that point, your wife was aware of that, right? Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, we were, we were at pretty much, we were completely transparent. Like once we got into this whole thing, it was just open communication, you know, just having very few rules, really our only rules were about like safe sex and whatnot, and just being honest about things. So we kind of just, yeah, we just kind of went and did our thing. I did a little bit of stuff on the side. And then towards the end of the second year, we met a couple, again, way too close for comfort, like five minutes down the road. And we had a great first meetup and like, you know, a couple little kisses exchanged. And it just happened that the next day 
like the way the schedules worked out, like I went to a theme park with her and her kids and, and my kid and, and my wife was at home working on report cards and he came over to visit her and it just somehow it just organically, like, like the day after we met them, we just kind of split up and it just felt right. It just made sense. It just, I don't know. It, it kind of was so much easier than feeling for us. We, we never really, when we were swinging, we we'd look at each other on the other side of the bed. And honestly, we, each of us kind of felt a little awkward Whereas I know there's a lot of couples that are like, oh my God, I love seeing, you know, my husband fucking another woman or whatever. That was never us. We were kind of always more focused on our own kind of people we were dealing with. Um, we didn't have as much kind of like, it was always kind of like more two and two. It was not as much kind of like four people on top of each other. So mm-hmm. this, I guess, kind of just fit in with that, that we were, we kind of just split off right off the hop and and weren't just straight to the bedroom. We were doing more daily kind of things, more family kind of things. And it just kind of worked out for us. Um, there, the other couple, again, it's, I feel like you're always limited by the other couples kind of, you know, lowest uh, or kind of weaknesses or their limitations. They had some miscommunications and they had some rules that we didn't know about, which was actually drives me crazy. I, I feel horrible that I, I broke a rule that I didn't know existed because they had a rule that they never told us about. And, and the woman that I was seeing, she didn't tell me about it until like a week after something happened. And then it's like, Oh my gosh, I, I wasn't supposed to touch her butt. Like that anything butt related was only for them not to be shared with anyone else. So I don't know. I have a tendency to touch butts. So <laughs> consensually. Yeah. Consensually. I, it was, it was, I mean, I guess I didn't come right out and say, may I have permission? I mean, we were kind of in the throes of stuff you know, if someone had said stop, or she'd said no or stop or anything, or even told me at the end, not that that wasn't allowed. It wasn't until like a week later where I found out it wasn't allowed, created a huge problem for them where they felt, or he felt that he couldn't trust her. She felt that he wasn't giving her enough space. They had issues and it kind of, it put a little temporary stop to what we were doing, but eventually things kind of got back going again. And we, we spent about a year as kind of two separate relationships. Right. Um, and it was yeah. kind of, so that kind of threw us right, even though they would never admit that they were being polyamorous, we're like, sure, of course you're not. Of course you're not. You know, but I mean, because that word scared them because they were more from a swinging background. For us, we're like, well, that's what it is. Like each of us fell in love with, the, you know, each of those partners. Uh, we, we shared you know, family time together, all sorts of time together. I talked to my girlfriend every day. Um, she was by far my best friend for that year. Like no one else I spoke to. Yeah. I spoke to her more than I spoke to my wife, generally speaking. And I think vice versa, but, uh, yeah. So that kind of got us from swinging, just kind of thrown straight into polyamory, I'd say, and kind of more separate dating and whatnot. So I don't know. It, uh, we kind of, and so that lasted a year kind of fell apart for a bunch of different reasons. Again, more with respect to the other couple wanting things to end because they were kind of at a bit of a crossroads themselves, like thinking that they wanted to get out of the lifestyle, um, that it might not be for them. And during that time, I'd also been dating a little bit on the side. And uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of, it just ended. And then once that relationship, those relationships were over, my wife and I just realized that we're like, no, we're, we're done swinging. Like we're not, that's not really for us. We didn't get out of it what uh, it certainly sounds like other couples were getting out of it. Yeah. Um, so, we, uh, yeah. As I was like, to be clear, like that year that you were with that other couple, 
it was more of a polyamorous relationship. Were you still meeting others? You said a little bit you were meeting other women, but were you still both of you like swinging with other couples along along that same time? No, we we weren't uh, we weren't seeing really anybody else. Uh, so you, just, you just essentially decided that it was that the two years that you spent in the more swinging type lifestyle wasn't what you preferred. You preferred more like the closer intimate and relationships that you had, like with this couple that you had dated for a year. A hundred percent. And it, it, I mean, before that couple too, like the number of situations that came up that just felt awkward to us. Like there was like, we met a couple who said they don't kiss. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, for me, for both my partner and I, or my wife and I, we just like, if there's no kissing, there's no sex. Like to me, like kissing is the gateway to so much excitement. And I, I, I always tell my partners now, I'm like, you want to get me hard? Just kiss me. Don't like, don't think that you can do anything else. There's nothing more for me, more exciting than kissing. So, I mean, we had, a, we met a couple that didn't kiss. So that was, but we didn't find that out until like, you know, we were trying to do stuff and it became awkward. Another couple where obviously the wife wasn't into it, but she was going along with it for the partner, for the husband. But again, you don't find that out until you look down and someone's got a super like frightened face looking back at you. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's stop this right now. So we had, we had a bunch of situations that just led us to believe that because, especially because the whole like kind of compersion, seeing your partner getting off, like that didn't really, that didn't really do anything for either of us with that not being part like in the mix, all these other awkward scenarios that were developing from time to time were felt like they were really taking away from our experience. Right. And we're and the longevity of some of these relationships. Like it, things just didn't last. It felt like we were starting over every few months, you know? Right. I have one quick, one quick clarification. Cause I'm, I'm, con- I got hung up on it. <laughs> so you weren't allowed to touch this other woman's butt at all. Like, like I, I could, I no, I could see like, okay, no fingers in the butt, but like, I feel like if you're making out with somebody, like, touching a butt is fairly, but ben- like, it's almost assumed that somebody's gonna grab your butt if you're making out. I well, when I say butt, I mean like, so I am not her like butt cheeks, but actually like, not, I didn't have a finger inside, but I was like touching the outside of her anus, right? Okay. When so a woman's on top of me like that, I I don't know my hand just ends up there i guess it's like gravity or something um but it uh so that was yeah i guess and i think it was for them it wasn't just that it happened or that no one that she hadn't told me about it or warned me about it it was the fact that i think it took her like a week to say to him oh by the way this happened a week ago and he's like what like so it just it i think they had and this is this is if if my wife was here we could talk about this couple and our relationship with them probably for five hours because, and we both have such different opinions of their dynamic because I would mostly hear her side of the story. She would mostly hear his side of the story. Both of us would, you know, I mean, we did, we had a few dates with them together or family time with everybody together. So we'd see them together a little bit and each of us had threesomes with them. So it's after the whole butt touching incident, I was, uh, I was no longer able to actually have intercourse with her anymore. So it's a whole, I had a, a year long relationship that didn't involve any intercourse or, well, not even much, uh, oral or anything. So it was very interesting. Um, it was also tough because again, them, they went into this as a swinger, as swinger couples, as a swinger couple, they decided that if 
one of our relationships was to end, both of them had to end. So in a way, it was kind of, this was tough because my wife really liked him. He had no limits and he could do anything he wanted with, with her and they, they could do, I would let her do anything. Um, so they had a great relationship. And then I was kind of in a bit of this awkward spot where I really, I really loved, I, I ended up loving this woman, totally fell in love. We'd have the best makeouts a couple times a week. It was wonderful and really connected on an emotional level, like intellectually, but it was just like, you know, I'd go home with blue balls every night, right? So anyway, it's just, uh, it's we kind of made it work. I sucked it up for a while. Uh, and when things kind of fell apart, like my wife actually ended up starting to see him again, maybe about six or eight months after the whole thing kind of fell apart. Um, and I was okay with that. At that point, they decided that it didn't all have to work together. You know, it could be, they could have separate things too. So yeah, it was it was complicated to say the least. So even though I, I felt like we had these separate relationships, they were still kind of like tied together a little bit because they really came only from ever having a swinging kind of background. So right. and they and you it was two couples dating each other, not a couple dating like two separate people that weren't uh, involved with each other. It yeah. adds to the dynamic. Exactly. It was uh, it was interesting. So the only time I was allowed to sleep with my girlfriend was when her husband was there in a threesome with us. So anyway, I, 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 we made it work. We, we really did make it work. I, but that was also part of the reason why I was still looking separately because to only, and because at, at that point, intimacy with my wife was starting to wane a little bit again. Like she and I were spending a little bit, like we didn't, I don't know, because we kind of had separate things going on. We found that we weren't spending as much time together. That lead up to or, or follow up after after situations wasn't as significant because we weren't doing things together or our time, our timelines were off. It was really easy for babysitters because one of us would be, we like, you know, one of us would always be home. One of the other one would go out. So it's simple that way. We didn't ever have to have babysitters again. Um, but uh, it's, like I said, it got complicated. So I, and I wasn't getting everything I needed. So I was looking elsewhere for, for other secondary relationships. Um, and I, I told the other couple that I was dating and they knew that, I guess, when things fell apart was because, I mean, I told them I was dating, but I didn't, you know, I told them after I'd seen someone a couple times that I said, oh, I've you know, seen this woman a few times and we slept together. And it was a big deal that I, they kind of expected me to ask permission to sleep with someone separately, which is ironic because I wasn't even sleeping with his wife and this anyway. So before I slept with her again, I, I said, Oh, you know, I, I dated someone. I, I met her or I met with someone, you know, whatever we, we slept together. If this was between, you know, nothing had happened with this couple since then. And uh, so that's kind of why things fell apart. So they felt like I wasn't being as honest and upfront with them as I, as I should be um, about as things were developing. But like I said, it was a very complicated situation with a lot of rules kind of on me and no rules on anybody else. But anyway, lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, a long learning experience, though, too. Like you look back and you're like, wow, that was complicated, but. I learned this and this and this, and I'm sure your wife learned a whole bunch of stuff too that you're, and you're maybe approaching relationships a little different now. For sure. And it's, I'd, I'd say that that was also the first time, the first time that I, I kind of decided that uh, 
I mean, I, I mean, typical monogamous world, is, it's all about a destination, right? I would say you're trying to find who you're going to end up getting buried with, right? Like that's like the whole goal of life. Um, so whereas I feel like this was one of those situations that even though things kind of fell apart, it lasted a year, it wasn't perfect for that year. But I mean, I built an amazing connection. She was a beautiful woman. We had, we had so much fun, so much connection. I had a lot of life that year. I'm like, I, I still, that was a wonderful year of my life that I never would have like, you know, I never would have not had. I, I would have loved for it to go on a little bit differently um, with more bum touching, but uh, I, <laughs> I Con- consensual bum touching in the future. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, but it's, again, I, I still look at it that I'm like, that was an amazing experience. It was a year of my life that I wouldn't give back. And so that was kind of the first time I liked, I kind of realized that it's, it's not just about who you end up with. It's about the, you know, the people you spend time with over the course of your life. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, the lifestyle and polyamory and all and, you know, swinging and whatnot, it, that's what it's all about. It's not just about where you end up. It's about all the people you spend time with and the connections you build. And so, I mean, I kind of took that mentality and, and kind of just whatever went forward with it. And yeah. Well, so moving forward, did you and your wife then continue or have you continued to then develop sort of more polyamorous dynamics? Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much since then. I mean, I'd say so in the past two or yeah, two or two years or so. I mean, my wife's had maybe like four pretty, three or four pretty serious relationships. She tend and she generally tends to kind of focus on one person at a time. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I find again, there's a very different dynamic when you're a man looking for you know a secondary partner when you're a woman looking for a secondary partner. I always say like it's we have, we both have problems, but they're just very different, right? Like I. I go online and that's the other thing that's developed. I've had so many different angles on a profile. Like, do I be honest? And, you know, if I'm honest, I'll get very few matches. If I'm a little bit, not shady, but if I'm just not as upfront with my situation, I match more women, but then within five minutes of, of giving them five minutes of messaging and giving them my, you know, my honest situation, you know, I just disappear, right? I just get deleted. So with men, I feel like it's you really, if you're looking on the typical Tinder, Bumble, whatever, the typical dating apps, that's not what most of the people out there are looking for, right? Um, even people looking for hookups are not as excited to hook up with someone who's married, someone who's got kids, someone who's got that situation. Whereas she has a very opposite scenario. It's like every single, right? She has a, she had a profile without her face, um, with just very minimal, like, you know, information about, you know, open-minded, you know, interesting, interested in connections. And it's literally every right swipe for her is a match. Like, so she's got the opposite situation that there's all these men and, you know, 90% of them are douchebags that don't actually care about a connection, don't care about like building something that actually has potential to last more than one or two nights, you know? So we each have different frustrations um and we kind of go through them uh but i of course i feel like i'd rather be in her situation she feels like she'd rather be in my situation <laughs> but anyway, that's, how, that's how it always yeah, is the, the grass is always greener right always greener always greener so anyway so i mean i've had a number of different relationships um she's had a number of different relationships i'm trying to think like we're so we're kind of like five years into it now um i mean we had a we had another child along the way um, because things got for a little while got better for us. And then after that next child, again, we kind of hit that dip again, even though we still had secondary relationships uh, going on. 
our relationship kind of dipped again with again more intensity spent more time and energy spent on the children and whatnot so i mean we we tried our best again to kind of you know encourage each other just to 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 again look at our outside relationships each of us was finding we were getting better connections and more of what we needed from our outside relationships and we were kind of just from my perspective at least again there's you know her perspective will be different my perspective was always that I really was I was I was having a roommate kind of at home um in all honesty the sex between us started to be difficult because I feel like I mean, she went from being a virgin and only sleeping with me for about a decade to, uh, well, almost a decade to, uh, to being with all these different men and, you know, different experiences and whatnot. Um, and kind of starting in a way, starting fresh, more from an even playing field. So I think she was building really good connections and she was able to experience intimacy in a way that was that developed differently the way than the way ours developed. Um, so because of that, I think, you know, she was drifting away from wanting to have sex with me, even as much as we were having sex. So kind of over the past year or so, like, it's just very almost non-existent or when it was there, it wasn't like, it felt forced for both of us. Um, so neither of us was really into it anymore up until the point about six months ago, I just honestly said, I'm like, honestly, like neither of us is really into this anymore. You know, let's keep taking care of our kids. Let's, you know, pay the bills together. Let's do whatever we do. Um, but I think each of us is much more interested in spending quality time with our, our secondary partners. So that's, uh, kind of, we stopped having sex with each other six months ago when we started sleeping in separate bedrooms in the house about three months ago. And we are technically separated on our way to getting divorced at some point in the next year, I'd assume. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's, uh, it certainly isn't as a result of, you know, the lifestyle swinging non-monogamy. I'd actually say if it wasn't for non-monogamy, we probably would have been in this position four years ago and have one less child. I think it was something that forced us to connect more or gave us a lot of opportunities to connect in a way that we'd stopped connecting. Um, it forced us to communicate more in a way that we'd stopped communicating. So it gave us a little bit of a jump start. But over the past, you know, like I said, 13, 14 years, we've, we've just we've turned into different people. Um, especially by having children, I, I, if, when, you know, I've had, I've told a few people, if we don't, we haven't, we're not very open, uh, a couple, we're each open with a couple friends about our situation. Some of our family, uh, knows that we're getting divorced, but not much of our, maybe a couple people know that we, you know, we've, we've done swinging and whatnot. It's funny. People point our breakup to, to non-monogamy, whereas I laugh. I am like, actually it's more because of having kids. So, but no one will ever blame and say, oh gosh, you had, you shouldn't have had kids, but anybody will say, oh, you shouldn't have tried swinging. That's what ended things. A hundred percent. It was like, if the, the, the struggles that come with parenthood and the, and the, the difficulties and the costs and the bills and, and the time, those are, if anything, that leads to, to struggles in the relationship much more than, you know, swinging and, and, and non-monogamy and whatnot. That actually, like I said, helped us for, for, for a certain while. If it wasn't for that, like I said, we, I think we would have been divorced four or five, you know, three or four years ago at least. Right. Well, and I'm, I'm curious along those same lines then are, like, have you two, even to this point, been 
like very supportive of each other in this journey, right? Because it's largely, it seems like since that couple where you kind of fell into the polyamory, it seems like you were both sort of on your own paths, right? Very much on your own paths. But I mean, through that point, was it, were you still like connected and supportive of each other? And, or was it very much like you, she's doing her thing, I'm doing my thing. And it's, it's been like that since that point. Maybe, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, maybe even the whole way through, um, I, I don't know. I even, the whole way through, I'd find that we're, uh, I don't know if I'd say neither of us were very supportive of each other. I just know, again, like neither of us were, you know, get aroused by seeing the other person, seeing the other person with someone. Um, If anything, my wife says she feels awkward seeing me kiss someone else or make love to someone else. She finds it super awkward. So she like would have to focus to not look my way Whereas it's funny, you know, we see other couples who are like, who have to hold hands during the, which was a little bit weird too, um, which is fine. The hand holders out there and listening, then you, you know, you can do your thing. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> well, but when you started dating separate, were you like encouraging of each other? Was it like, oh, please go. I want you to have this experience. Whether they, whether you were there or not, it was sort of not, not the, the point. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess, like, it's the, the question, and it all comes down to jealousy, right? Like, it's, uh, I think I've always been a little bit less jealous, because I, I pretty early on, I was able to kind of compartmentalize things in my head, and just say, it's, you know, it's, it's a different situation. It's just, it's just, it, you know, it can be sex, it can be love, it can be whatever. But I, I realized pretty early on that I'm like, you know, no one else is going to cause my wife to fall out, out of love with me, you know? So it's, it's up to me to kind of maintain that relationship. So, but I'd still be, you know, especially if I wasn't dating someone and she was dating someone, you know, once or twice a week to always be the one at home alone, you know, whatever, watching TV, taking care of the kids or just, you know, or, no, the kids would always be asleep. I mean, most of us, we, we'd, we'd always try to go out after the kids were in bed. Uh, originally, kind of the past year has been a little bit different, but the first you know couple of years, but it, the kids were always asleep before either of us would leave. Um, so, I mean, I would get a little jealous when I'm at home, especially I didn't have anything going on. If either of us had, uh, if we both had a relationship, then I feel like it's a lot easier to be the one stuck at home babysitting when the other person goes out. But I mean, I'd get a little jealous but I try not to let it affect my, what I'd say or my actions. Again, I feel like her, uh, from her perspective, her jealousy is a little bit more upfront. Um, and it's totally normal, totally natural. I um, mean, it's hard to squash all that, to choke all that stuff back, but there'd be more situations where she feel like she doesn't understand a relationship that I'm in or doesn't understand why I'm seeing somebody. Or a lot of times, you know, you get stood up by somebody and if it's someone I was very interested in meeting, had good connections over the phone, you know what? I'd give them a second chance. I'd go and, you know, go on a, try to go on a second date. Whereas, you know, she has the opportunity if someone stands her up, screw them. She's not going to meet with, meet up with them again. So she'd be like, I don't understand why you're giving that person a chance. Why are you so desperate? I'm like, again, being a guy in this situation versus being a woman in the situation it's not desperation. It's just it's just numbers. It's just logistics. And I'll give people the benefit of the doubt to meet them and see where it goes. So we certainly we're supportive of each other. That we've always given each other time and opportunity. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say that both of us are 100 percent on board encouraging the other person 
full heartedly to, to, to make those connections. Um, Cause that's probably, that's some of the jealousy creeping in. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's definitely the jealousy. I mean, I, I always say again, like I have other than wearing condoms, I have zero rules for, for, for my wife. Whereas she had kind of an age range that I was allowed to, I was allowed to look in. Um, there, there were just literally, it's fine. I would always find it funny. Like I describe someone and she'd have one opinion, but if, if the person, I always feel like she wanted the person to just be a little bit less good looking than her just a little bit. There's so there was, again, I would feel like there would be a few more rules put on me. Um, but whatever, like we just kind of dealt with it and moved on with it and, and whatever. And there's times where I would, I got to admit where she'd have an age range and I'd say, well, I don't really care. Like I, I talked to this person, they seem really nice. I'm going to meet them anyways. Um, so there were certainly some moments of tension where I would kind of break uh, one of, you know, the age rule or whatnot, or the other rule well not a rule like she always felt like it would be she had an easier time with me dating someone who had kids because she's like well she understands time and responsibility and commitment i was dating someone who was single with no kids it's like well that's sure that's she just felt it was kind of life was too easy on that person so i'm like that's good that means maybe she has her own place maybe i i don't have to i don't have to like wait for someone to leave the house to go and go like it i'm like that's less complicated i, I mean i dated a single woman for a year who who had her own condo and oh my goodness was that with no kids and that was so easy like i could go over anytime i wanted it was it was it was awesome so but she was always a little bit jealous that she didn't have kids to deal with she didn't have these extra responsibilities but it made my life so much easier and, and helped build our relationship so I mean, the one, the biggest thing, because we always, you guys always ask about safety. Like my only rule with this whole thing um, has always just been about safe sex, about using condoms and uh, for, uh, for any penetrative sex. And uh, so that, and ultimately what, en- what ended things with that, that one couple that we kind of split off and, and, you know, we're seeing separately, what ended things was they had stopped you. I, I mentioned that I, I'd slept with someone. And, but again, it didn't bother. I didn't think it mattered because, you know, she, myself and this other woman, we weren't having penetrative sex or we weren't having oral anything unless it was a threesome. And I hadn't had a threesome with them, you know, for a couple months when I'd seen this other woman. Well, it turns out my wife had stopped using condoms with him. So in their eyes, it was a big deal because even though I used condoms with this other woman, I didn't use condoms with my wife and my wife didn't use condoms with, with that guy. So it's that was what kind of this whole thing blew up that I, I dated someone else or slept with someone else. And then my wife was using con and I, and I apparently this was going on for a few months and I, I hadn't heard anything about it. Yeah, so you didn't know. I did not know. So again, I was, I was kind of led to, at first I was kind of led to believe that I was the cause of this whole thing falling apart. But then I found out after the fact that it's, it was, a, I'm like, I didn't even see why it was a big deal. But it was a big deal because they'd stopped using condoms. So then it created a big issue for me because I'm like, okay, well, that was really our only rule. And and so kind of the trust was broken there. From there, though, again, we started seeing people separately. And then for the next two years, we all had separate, like we both had separate relationships. And again, there was an, a kind of a moment about, I think maybe eight months or a year ago, where I kind of was in the same, I just had a weird feeling. And we still, we talk a little bit about our partners. We don't have a don't ask, don't tell, but we also don't recount all our stuff. Like, we'll we'll just go over the broad stroke. So, you know, whatever, I met her at a bar, we went, we had a drink, we went back to her place, like just basic stuff. 
so but there was just a moment where i was kind of feeling like i wasn't getting the full story anymore and then the same thing i kind of asked the question like are you still i'm like are you still using condoms are you, are you still being safe and she was seeing two people at that point and the same thing eventually the answer comes out no i stopped using condoms with both and i'm like it, it kind of it frustrates me because Honestly, I have never, even though I had many opportunities where I'd love to just throw that rubber away and just say it's inconvenient, it's, you know, whatever. It just, it was, it was, it was always a rule and I never, I never broke that. I mean, maybe once a condom broke, but I never broke the rule. But uh, so that was, again, kind of something that came up between us where it was like, it felt like she would do anything to please these men, but you know, we, we didn't have the same level of honesty and, and trust that, that I thought we had. So that was right. one of the big moments of like, okay, well, we're going to start using condoms until you get tested and I know everything's free and clear. So, I mean, we went through that. It was a, you know, like a big kind of pause for us and a big frustration. Um, but then everyone kind of went back, went back to kind of, you know, business as usual after that. So... Well, and, and to be fair, um, you know, you've said multiple times, like, this is your side of the story. Like, your wife probably has her reasons why she might have done those things, and that's fair that she has those reasons. But um, you're the one here talking, so it that's from your perspective. And I can totally see how that was a breach of trust, right? Like, she she broke your one rule and that you had to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah, for sure. and I, and I got to admit, it's, again, finding out things afterwards, it's like, you know, each of these people had been tested, but not like, not like the day before they, or not like the week before they stopped using condoms. Like they were tested previously. There've been other partners in between, like it wasn't as clear cut, right? Like I I just started seeing someone two weeks ago and I went tested last week. She went, she's getting tested this week. And if everything's free and clear next week, we're going to stop using condoms. And it's just, you know, we're, I don't know if we're going to be monogamous. Anyway, we'll figure out how it works out. But I mean, I'm only fluid bonding with one person. But again, that's kind of like something that's out there and open. And that's what we've talked about, right? Um, So it's just, my thing is, it's got to be out there. You have to talk about it. You can't just like forget to use them one time and then just be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter anymore. And not, you know, have the communication um, kind of going through everybody who's involved. Right. So, yeah, it it does go, it comes down to the communication and and being upfront and honest about it and upfront from the beginning too, not after the fact. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like maybe do you kind of think, so it sounds like your plan is to cohabitate and raise your kids have what, I guess if, if you're a Dan Savage listener, sort of, a um, companion at marriage right and and working you know keeping that sort of what's the word i'm looking for here structure no the the support system yeah the support system or or i guess did did the the swinging and the communication that you developed allow do you feel it's allowed you to to navigate this without it well, you know, navigating amicably, right? And not having to like throw it all out the window and be like, well, I'm leaving, I'm taking the kids, you're out, this and that, where you can be like, we're going to live together, we're going to raise our kids together, you're going to do your thing and I'm going to do my thing, but this is the new structure we have. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I feel like, like I said, I feel like if we hadn't have gone through this, maybe our relationship would have ended 
you know, three or four years ago, and it would have ended ultimately with one of us cheating and getting caught. The other person, our, both of our mentalities being monogamous mentalities to say, okay, well, now that you're in love with them, you're not in love with me, see you later. And I feel like it would have been a really rough divide. Um, and it, like, whereas I feel like the, now things, it's a much more slow, kind of drawn out, methodical kind of situation. I mean, I think it's funny. At, at first, when we kind of, I came to the position where I just, uh, we were saying, okay, well, we're going to live together um and 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 just keep doing our separate things and it uh i mean i feel like for my wife she's got a couple she has a couple good relationships she's got like you know she loves both these guys she's got good connections she's she's happy enough with that myself i mean i uh i don't have i've had i've had relationships that were really lovely and wonderful and meaningful but everything kind of seemed to have some kind of timeline associated with it because it wasn't Kind of like a really balanced situation. The other person wasn't in the exact same situation as me, looking for the same things as me. So, because of that, she'd always say to me, "She's like, well, why would you? You know, we can just keep this going because you're getting everything you want." I'm like, "Well, I'm not." She's like, "Well, you you have the opportunity to." And I'm like, "Well, yes." But the only thing I find again, being a guy, only understanding my perspective really is that again. So now I'm now I have a different mentality. I'm saying to myself, "Okay, if I'm if I'm just living with this woman and we're not sleeping together anymore." I'm like, okay, I'm going to kind of, that's going to be my angle. If I'm talking to someone, um, you know, that that's, it's a different, I'm not a married man. I'm, I'm still married, but I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm co-parenting because I'd seen some profiles on like, okay, Cupid and stuff that women were like, you know, co-parenting with their ex or whatnot. I said, okay, I'm going to take that angle. And honestly, like still to, whether I was co-parenting, whether I was happily married, whether I was, it, it didn't matter. Like women, it seemed, they always think the exact same thing. You're either divorced or single um, or widowed or everything else, married, cheating, um, whatever, right? So I kind of went from being like, okay, we can live together for a while and see how it goes. All of a sudden I said to myself, okay, if we're going to live together even for a little while, we need to be legally divorced because that, even saying you're separated, women are like, yeah, yeah, sure, you're separated. And I get it because there's a lot of men out there probably lying about being separated. And that's the one thing I can't get over is women, even women who are monogamous, who I meet and I go on dates with, they're blown away with how honest I am because I feel like this whole situation we're in breeds honesty. Like, you know, dishonesty doesn't go far. You can't build a relationship on that. But it seems like a lot of people out there or a lot of men out there who are just lying, who are married, but are, you know, are cheating, but they're cheating on two people now. They're cheating on the single woman that they're dating and they're cheating on their wife at home. Um, there's a lot of that. And I've, I've certainly, although I messaged one woman, I never, I, it didn't go that far, right? So certainly would have, I guess, eventually. But uh, so that was my thing. I realized that being a, being a separated man, being a co-parenting, still, I was getting the same, I wasn't able to date the women that I was interested in dating. So I said, okay, I think we need to take the next step and we're going to need to get divorced. And we're going to need to, at some point in the next year or so, probably move into separate homes. Because again, I, I've met wonderful people who are like, oh, really? You still live with her? Mm, yeah, it's not going to work. I'm like, what? I'm like, but no, you don't understand that. You don't understand the whole story. And they're like, no, it doesn't matter. Sorry, sorry. Like, and I get it. Women with kids and a mortgage, you know, single, a single income mortgage, it's a hard situation. Like, it sucks. I'm still looking at my own finances, being like, how am I going to afford this uh, by myself? Um, so I think it's a huge hesitation for women to commit uh, 
to any relationship um, when it's that situation. The, the big thing for me is I don't know what I, I don't, I don't know what I am anymore. Right? I don't know what I need. I, this, this whole scenario has opened my mind that monogamy isn't, isn't the, the best for everybody. It's certainly, I mean, it's the standard, but it's, I don't think it needs to be. So now looking ahead, cause women ask me, well, cause I tell them a little bit of my background. They're like, well, what are you then? And I'm like, well, I could be monogamous with the right woman. Um, I, I certainly am okay with being polyamorous. I'm not worried about someone falling in love with someone else and, and running off you know, with them and, and leaving me. Like I'm open to kind of any situation. Um, so I'm open to everything and nothing all at the same time. It's uh, I don't know. So I, I guess I, we always, I was, I've always said, you know, non-monogamy, it's a mind fuck. Like it blows your mind over that first few months to first year. And now I'm at the situation where I'm totally open-minded to anything. It's just, I don't know where that leads me now. So right. you're still in the middle of figuring all that out. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like it'll, for me, that's funny. I always say my kinks are based on my partner's kinks. I get off on what they get off on. I feel like in relationships, I'm the same thing. Like to some degree, I let my partner determine the, you know, the criteria or the rules by which the relationship is going to be hashed out. So I could be monogamous. I could be, I don't know, in an open relationship, open marriage, whatever in the future. I, I have, I have no clue. I have no clue where I'm heading. So, yeah. Well, I mean, well, and it's okay. It's okay not to know. Yeah, so sure. we asked the question about where your headache just to kind of wrap yeah. up the interview, but it's okay that you don't know. And thank you for being honest about that too. <laughs> yeah. And, and for being honest about everything and we appreciate that. And it's not necessarily an easy story to tell, right? It's, it's been, it hasn't, it hasn't been the ride off into the sunset, which, you know, a lot of people have listened to our show and said, Oh, well, why, can you tell some stories where it doesn't necessarily work out? And they're not easy stories to tell, but we, we appreciate that. And, um, the other thing I just, I feel like it's just, it's such a, it's such a bummer, right? That not, 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 what's, are you what's, going back to the asshole? No, no. <laughs> Ooh, obsessed, eh? Yeah, no. I, so what I, what I find sucks is that, right, you potentially, like, if, if, if you were able to meet women who were okay with your situation, you and your wife would be able to work out a way in which you were to live together and cohabitate and co-parent your kids. And sure, they would probably know that it wasn't just like everybody else's living situation, but they would have you both in the house and they would they would have relatively a normal, not, not that there is such a thing, but they would have a fairly normal looking situation. But because it's so unaccepted and unacceptable to people. You have to get divorced and move into a different house and create the, again, the normal, we, we broke up situation. And I just think that sucks. Mm -hmm. And I know I use the word normal a lot for things that there shouldn't be a normal, but like, because right. every, every family is different. Right. But people expect if you're not, if, if you're broken up with somebody, you have to do everything under the sun and break every and sever every connection that exists. And I think that just... And that, a lot of times hate the other person. Yeah. And, you're, and that's just... To me, that's just shitty, right? That you two would probably be cool, like living together, co-parenting, but you're not able to make that work because it limits your ability to go out and find other partners, which is something that you should be able to do as a, as a single person. So, yeah. I, 
No, you're, you're bang on. You're it's, it's, and it's funny. I, uh, that was one of the frustrations, one of the things that we looked at and we, we used to talk about a lot in our first little bit, just being like, like it just where it could have gone so quickly being like, oh, he's messaging someone else. We're going to break up. We're going to do the right thing and split our family and split our marriage. And, you know, that's what society, you know, wants. Right. And it, it, I got to admit, like, I, it's funny, I, at my work, I, I talk to people and I look around, there's so many second and third marriages, a couple of, not too many thirds, but there's so many second marriages and people I talk to. And it's funny, everyone's so open and upfront and honest about, you know, their second marriage, how things went, because it's so the norm these days. That is becoming the norm more than anything else is that, you know, the first kick of the can doesn't always, doesn't always work. And we don't have any good acceptable exit strategy other than divorce. Um, I, it's, I mean, the only thing for me, uh, in this situation is I found that I, I would always, cause I was, I was never the one in charge of intimacy or who, who determined when the intimacy happened. So I was always on, on my game, trying to be, trying to suck up and trying to be as positive and as accommodating and, and all those things as much as I could. But then, and, and, you know, for the, and things would just kind of be handed to me when it worked out. Um, but what I realized was once I kind of said to myself, you know what, this isn't working out on for, and that's not a part of our relationship that that's really successful. And I was kind of moving away from that. I realized that I stopped making a lot of other accommodations in our, in our relationship, even as kind of roommates or co-parents. So I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, even if we, even if I was getting dates left, right and center as a, as a separated co-parenting man i still don't know how long we would stay living together because i feel like there that the friction once you stop trying like once you realize that there's certain like once you you change your relationship and you stop trying in a certain way you stop trying in a lot of ways like there's situations where i used to i used to bend over backwards and now i'm like Meh, i'm not really gonna try on that um so i i'm i'm not an asshole but uh, I got to admit, I, I have asshole moments, moments where in hindsight, I look back and I'm like, okay, I could have been more flexible. I could have been more accommodating. I could have been more easygoing. And I'm talking just like in the past six months since we stopped sleeping together. Um, so I don't know. It's, I mean, I love, I love your angle. And I, I wish, I, if at least said maybe things would be different, maybe it wouldn't matter. Maybe we'd work it out. I think it's the fact that both of us sees kind of a, an end in sight to us living together that I think we're both not trying as hard as we used to. Um, certainly not trying as hard as we do in our new relationships where we, you know, we still buy flowers and, and write sweet love cards and all those other wonderful things. But anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting and it's kind of, yeah, I guess we're, we're to some degree becoming a statistic, but I mean, we're certainly on really good terms with respect to our children. We're always, I would say, I don't put my kids first, but I make sure they're very well taken care of. So we're going to make sure our kids are well taken care of and, you know, we're going to have proper shared custody and, and whatever. Who knows what, what, I don't know what her plans are. She has one boyfriend she's seeing right now. I don't know if they're, they've talked about being monogamous. I don't know if they are monogamous or not. I don't know what their story is um, precisely because I think it's changed a little bit recently. Um, but uh, I don't know. We're both kind of like moving on with our, you know, our romantic lives and then kind of just getting this sorted out as, as time sees fit. Uh, living right. Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks again for, for the honesty, right. That, and maybe I, 
I was wrong, right? Then it, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. And who who knows, right? We can't. You can't predict yeah. that. We, yeah, we can't say. But I, again, I think we we definitely appreciate you sharing what's not necessarily an easy story to tell. And thank you for being willing to do that. And and please let your wife know that we appreciate her will her her willingness to allow you to share the story, even if it is slightly skewed in your favor. We <laughs> we still give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm certainly no saint. I I know I know I'm no saint, but uh, I I try my best, and I you know we've uh, like I said we we've had quite a go of things, and at the end of the day, I think it's also like I said it, my whole perspective just on life. You know, life's not the destination. It's not just trying to find someone to get buried next to. It's about the people you're with, the time you spend with them, the quality time and whatnot. So I just look at it that you know I'm gonna I've just got more time, and I don't know. We'll just see where it all ends up, but I. I got to make sure, even though we're getting along, I still got to give you a blooper, right? Let's do it. Please. But I mean, there have been, there have been a few kind of different ones along the way, but I got to admit one of my, uh, one of my favorites was uh, the second couple that we met. We, uh, the second couple that we met um, after we'd seen them a few times, uh, you know, whenever we're messaging back and forth and I, I, everything's good. Everything's fun. We're going to see them again in like another, in a few days or whatnot. And of course, you know, I get out of the shower and I look down and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like a little bit of a red bump down there. And so I, uh, anyway, so I, you know, I'm like, that's kind of weird at the, right at the base of my penis. I'm like, I've never seen that before. And, uh, anyway, I, I end up going to a walk-in clinic and this lady looks at it and looks at it and the doctor and she's like, I think you have herpes. And I'm like, sorry, pardon what? She's like, yeah, I think you have herpes. And I'm like, okay. She's like, have you had any new sexual partners lately? And I'm like, of course she asked me that now. Um, I'm like, I'm like, yes, a couple in the past few months. And she's like, yes, it's definitely herpes. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, so then she's like, just to confirm, just to confirm, I need to do a test. So she's like, I need to squeeze. And it's this is like a little red, like uh, blister, pimple looking thing, whatever, white and red, whatever. She goes and she squeezes it because she's like, I have to get some serum out, some some liquid. Ooh, ooh. So she squeezes this thing, squeezes with all her might, and it starts, it oozes a little bit of clear liquid. She picks it up on a cotton swab, puts it in a little test thing, sends me on my way. And this is like the next day. So we haven't told the other couple anything at this point, right? Because I just saw it as a bump. I'm like, I'm just gonna, we're not seeing them for a few days. I'm like, I'm going to go to the doctor first. At this point, you had seen a couple couples, but not too many. This was only our second couple. The second, second. Oh, yeah. Um, And again, we use protection the whole way through, what have you. But again, at the base of the penis, not really cover, like not really covered where it was literally was like, like, you know, half an inch past where a condom would cover. Um, So we're, and my wife's checking herself. She doesn't see anything, whatever. So anyway, so that happens. I go home and I'm I'm like, and they said, it's going to be, of course, a week to get test results. I'm like. This is gonna. I already knew this is gonna be a week of torture. Yeah, because all you're doing is thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I tell my wife, she's freaked out, and then we're like, "Well, we have to tell this other couple." So we message them, and they're like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Everyone's freaking out." They're like, "I can't believe this. We're never swinging again." Da 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 da. And this is like the veteran couple been doing it ten years, what have you? They uh, and of course they say, "Well, we need to see a picture." Now, if I showed showed them a picture the day before when it was like a little pimple-looking thing, would have been fine. But after what this doctor did to me, split open, oozing red sore, and it looked horrible, horrible. So I send them a picture, and literally, it's like both of them are like, 
we're going, we're leaving right now to get tested. So it was like total panic, freak out, just crazy. <laughs> and so, I mean, we messaged on and off with them for the next week. Um, and they're like, we're never swinging again. This is over. This is the last straw. We've had this happen to a scare before, whatever. I hope, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm thinking, I'm, the same thing. I'm thinking like, okay, so I guess our profile needs to change that now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, or number two positive, whatever. Anyway, I'm like, we're all freaking out, right? Of course, I go back to the doctor a week later. Of course, it's nothing. It was an ingrown hair. So by that time, a week later, little hair follicles start sticking out. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. So I tell them everything's clear. It was fine. It was just, you know, just an ingrown hair. Then the doctor beat the heck out of it. And uh, so everybody's fine. But we never saw that couple again. They like kind of after that they stopped messaging with us. Like we just we like we just communication broke off. Um, I messaged him for work related things a couple times, but uh, you know we just stopped. Everything just stopped. Was and this we, the couple that lived pretty close that you had said yeah. earlier that you yeah yeah lived two minutes away? So it was like the ultra convenient. Like just so many things worked, and I feel like that was kind of like just threw everything sideways. And even after that, we met another couple was chatting with us, chatting with us. We were going to meet up with them and they canceled on us at the last minute. We found out that they actually knew this couple. And anyway, so we, we kind of got a little bit sabotaged, which was because of an ingrown hair. Um, so just, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like whatever you do, never walk in somewhere. And like the first thing you tell someone is like, Oh yeah, I've got all these new sexual partners. They're like, yeah, definitely herpes, definitely herpes. Um, but anyway, so that was like, I mean, it ended well, I guess, but it was like super like stressful week, like just, just insanity. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound fun what that doctor did. No, I, I was I mean, going to say, I feel like that's kind of unprofessional to jump to that conclusion. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, it's showed that couple, right? what their risk tolerance actually was, right? You can say, oh, I'm okay with it, I'm okay with it, but then when... It actually happens. Yeah, when it actually happens, you you get a, a real live test of it, so... For sure. And, I mean, and it's it's funny, in the past five years, I mean, I before that, I'd never had a cold sore in my life. Now, now I get cold... I, I don't think I've had one in a year, but, I mean, I've had three or four cold sores. Um, and, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't think we ever played with someone who told us, oh, by the way... You know, sometimes I get cold sores, but I don't have any right now. Like, we, I don't think we've ever been in that situation. And we very much, I feel like, especially with four-way, with swinging, you know, the story that you guys told where the one couple was, are you talking to a couple who's like going on vacation or going to Desire and didn't want to get sick? Like, totally, there's times where you're like, uh, you're sick. Uh, well, you're, you're like, well, you're getting over it. But, you know, I'm still not 100%. But we've been planning this date for a month. Like, we can't cancel on them. We booked a babysitter. So... I feel like there are a lot of situations, especially when it's two couples and there's a lot of complexity where I'm sure things happen when people shouldn't, whether, you know, whether there's a, a bump on a penis or a cough or a cold or a whatever. So anyway, I mean, I, I don't think it's the end of the world that I've gotten a few cold sores. I, I'm not freaked out about it, but I do tell my partners, like anyone I'm going to kiss, I do. Maybe it's not always before I kiss them. Maybe that's a problem. But anyway, it's, it is a conversation that... I, um, so 
I don't know. It's kind of the whole safety end of things. I mean, it's a big one, right? So I'm still, I'm going back on in a couple of days to get my test results uh, from a test I did a few days ago. So we'll see how all that goes. Yeah. Well, I think it all comes down to communication because it, like you, you know that too, but you know, even if you were diagnosed with something or somebody else, one of your partners had it, like you can then have that conversation and say, okay, well, this is, this is the way it is. I'm getting treated. I can use these barriers or we can, proceed this way and make sure everyone's comfortable. Um, and that's, yeah, it just all comes down to communication. And that's the part that I feel like a lot of times people are hesitant to, to do that sometimes. Not a lot of times. Sometimes even, people are. Even the relationship that I'm in now, it's only been a, a few weeks, but I've, uh, I've said to this woman, um, and it's kind of, she's in a weird place. She's not really ready for anything too serious. Like she's only, she's been divorced a couple of years anyways. She, uh, I said to her, like, because we're because I'm getting tested, she's gonna go get tested. I just told her, I said, just so you know, like if you if you cheat on me or if you sleep with someone else, if you sleep with someone else, just tell me. Like we're not saying we're 100 percent monogamous, we're not saying that we're not, but I just said, if you sleep with someone else, just tell me. I'm like, I don't like it, it doesn't want to upset me, hurt me. I just want to know with respect to safety related stuff, right? So I just want to know if you sleep with someone else. I want to have the conversation, make sure you were, you were safe, make sure you, you, you asked them about their kind of recent testing status. Like I'd rather that than get quote unquote cheated on or lied to. And then something happens, especially because this is the first time I've ever been in a relationship other than with my wife or one previous partner where I'm going to be barrier free and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be using condoms. It's kind of like, it's the weirdest mind again, kind of flip to be like, Oh, I'm not going to use condoms. Okay. That's, I've just never been in that spot other than with my wife. So, uh, yeah, so that's the thing. I'm just, I feel like that's the benefit of non-monogamy or just being open-minded. And I'm like, yeah, if you sleep with someone else, something happens, no problem. Just tell me about it. And if you do sleep with them, use a condom with them if we're not using condoms. Just simple advice, you know? I, I, I'd rather that than be lied to, you know, 100%. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to throw two two things out, um, and, and obviously – it's somewhat for the listeners, but the first one is, yeah, I would, I would tell them before you kiss them. Uh, like you said, the, se- the second one is, uh, and, and I don't know your situation fully, right? What, like how long it's been since you've slept with somebody else, but a lot of times what people do when they're going to switch to being barrier free is they will get tested and then they will wait a few months, like two or three months, and they'll get tested again. And then they will remove the barriers because oftentimes a lot of STIs have an incubation period. So just something, again, I don't know your situation. I'm not trying to, to scold you or anything. It's just for people listening, like like test and then one week later, it may not be the best strategy. It may be better to test wait a f- like two or three months and then test again because again there are incubation periods so just well, something to be aware of my, my partner and i now or the new person i'm dating we both neither of us had sex in two months before this so it's right. kind of we both kind of we yeah we talked about that no i, I totally get it and then but you you hear there's a lot of miss yeah like kind of misinformation people think like oh i got tested yesterday i'm good to go and it's like but you slept with someone the day before that and uh what so yeah. no no I, I i totally get it and like i said it's uh for me it's just been it was a while and for her it was a while so it just timing actually kind of just works out nicely in that. sure and and again it's it's everybody's own risk level i just wanted 
people that were listening that maybe aren't up to speed on that to to hear it again that yeah it's it's a good good to wait a little while um before and after that's all so <laughs> bravo well appreciate again appreciate all your honesty and the the blooper brought up a really good a really good topic so we yeah, appreciate no, that as well so, blooper too. <laughs> so thank you for that and uh We'll let you get on with your evening and and yeah. Sorry for keeping you up late on a weeknight, but thank you so much for for reaching out and sharing a story that is yeah is sometimes hard to tell. I'm sure. Well, like I said, it wasn't. I'm I'm not trying to say like, like I said I don't blame non-monogamy and I don't like I said I don't even know what I, I mean. I think the nice thing is that you don't always have to pigeonhole yourself as I'm this or I'm that. I mean, I feel like this just made me open-minded to any kind of situation, any kind of connection and just see where it goes. And it's, uh, but it certainly, I admit the past five years have been like, talk about like the, the most in like exciting, I guess, or most involved or it's, it's been a little crazy and along with kids and marriage and all this stuff. So, and work and friends and, you know, it's just one other thing, but it made it pretty pretty interesting so i mean i certainly don't regret any of the decisions that we made in the past five years so well except for touching the butt that's right (laughs) the butt okay well we again we appreciate it and and it's good to hear that you don't regret anything because i think it's easy for people to come out of this really jaded and pissed off and mad about it all but it it sounds like that's not necessarily fully the case so right well Well, again thank you and we'll let you get on with your night and uh we'll hopefully talk soon thanks have a good one guys take two we're back (laughs) back for take two of outro take two yep you you like that don't you i don't like it actually i would (laughs) love to do it in one take we most of the time do i hear you Thank you to Brian for reaching out. We really appreciate that he was willing and wanting to come on the show and share a vulnerable story and kind of show that that non-monogamy can be difficult sometimes. Yeah, it can be. And so, yeah, again, thank you, Brian. Thank you to Brian's wife for giving him the flexibility to come and do that. Um, takes a lot of trust. And so we appreciate both of them. Next week. We got... Claire and Phil. The Dumfies. Not <laughs> yeah. officially. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. We're probably going to get a e- nasty email. Yeah, copyright. <laughs> yeah, cease and desist. But anyway, we've got a fun Christmas. Next week is Christmas Next episode. Next week is Christmas episode, yeah. So, both both Christmas and New Year's Day fall on Wednesdays this year. So you get a bonus episode on both of those days. Yeah, we got Claire and Phil on Christmas and Dedeker from Malta Amory on New Year's. So you'll double whammy stay tuned yeah it's exciting all right so we will see everybody in one week for christmas and if christmas is your thing if it's not that's okay too it's yeah it's december 25th episode How about exactly that? <laughs> a week from today all right have a great week everybody bye everyone thanks for listening